Oh man. <laughs> Welcome back guys to another cliffhanger excited episode of Adamair MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. Today we're going to talk to Chris Cooley, comic book expert. Probably the only other motherfucker that knows more than I do. But of course, if he ends up knowing too much, there's only one thing we can do. Destroy him! <laughs> so hold on to your ass. Hold the fuck on, true believer. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> What's up, guys? Thanks for joining me on the uh, 420, 420, on 420, <laughs> plus I'm fucking 420 in the fuck out. This episode is brought to you by Huckleberry Platinum Cookies, Moose and Lobster, and White Hawaiian Sweeties. Thanks to our friends at Cannabis Connection down the street. <clears throat> and if you don't have a Cannabis Connection near you, support your local hustler. Anyway. The fuck? Alright, you know what? I'm trying to get this thing going. I think we need to, like, upbeat the shit. You know what? Hmm. Silverhawks? <laughs> I don't know about that. Anyway, uh, I thought I'd do this little fucking icebreaker thing at the beginning of the show, try this fucking format out, before I, uh, go into, um, something else. And we'll have Chris on in a minute. But, you know, this is all fucking new for me, man. I'm just trying to stay sane and shit. Anyway... One of the things I want that I heard about recently, just like last night, was from my friend Phoenix. And she was telling me about this thing called Goats of Anarchy. And it's a place where they take goats who have special needs. Special needs goats. Like goats. Like <laughs> goats. There was one named Sunny. Apparently my fucking friend Phoenix has been following this goat's exploits on her health and everything. And there was like this sad news, you know, where they were transporting the goat from the farm or wherever they're at to go get looked at. And something happened to the goat and it died. I don't know what happened. I uh really felt bad about it. Phoenix was crying and I know I love all animals, dude. I fucking love all of them, man. Even if it's like crazy motherfuckers, you know. They're all kind of the same pattern. You know, so I felt like... I want to get the lady who was in charge of the goat on the show. I think that would be a great show, man. So I, I'm going to look forward to that. I was talking to Steph again. You remember her with the human modeling? I'm just playing. Human design. Actually, I've been studying human design. It's been benefiting my life on some level. Really fast and instantaneous. Not easy shit, you know, but easier to applicate. I'm going to talk to her. Hopefully, um, she has autism. And, uh... Hopefully we're going to get to talk to her about what it's like dealing with autism. And autism is something that I have interest in too because it's just anything that's going to help people, man. I want to be on board that shit. You know? I have episodes like this where it's about comics or we had the last episode, you know, with Mike and the horror movies, which was awesome. And, you know, I like to have fun. I think we should have fun. But not everything's just fun, you know? 
There's some serious shit I'm into. So I'm gonna fucking try to mix it up. Try not to mix fucking uh, seriousness with uh, stuff like this necessarily. <laughs> Even though at one point, if you would have fucking asked me and back in the day, comic books would have been the only thing that was important. So, hey, I'm an old fart now, dude. Chris Cooley is a little bit younger. <laughs> Not by much. No, I'm just playing. No, he's a good dude. The guy's got a wealth of fucking knowledge. He's busy doing his shit right now. What's another future episode? I'm gonna get my mom back. She wants to do another fucking episode. She's been sleeping a lot. Poor thing. There ain't much to do out there in Algiers. Fucking New Orleans. So far, this show has covered... Uh, New York, New Orleans, North Carolina, California, Texas. We've been all over the country, these little hot spots, since all this fucking bad news has been going on. But, uh, I do feel like, you know, we're just strong motherfuckers. When we put our shit to it, dude... We're fucking gonna get the job fucking done, dude. It'd be nice if that ambition was put towards more healthier things that needed to be covered globally. But I'm not gonna fucking preach about that shit. I'm just gonna present one episode at a time. Just like fucking anything else that fucking has to chronicle its shit. I'm no different. Just doing it because I love y'all. Alright, let's get this fucking guy on the phone, man. I'm going to go smoke the fuck up, and you won't even know I was gone. Get ready for some comic book fucking knowledge, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, finally get this fucking show on the road, right? <laughs> Starring Sylvester Stallone, Horshack, Juan Epstein, Freddie Boom Boom Washington, and good old Gabe Kaplan as Mr. Cotter, with a bad uncle joke at the end of every fucking episode. All right, hold on. I'm gonna call this fucking dick. That's enough. All right, guys. Hello. Hey, this Chris Cooley. It is the legendary Chris Cooley. The legend continues. <laughs> the legend continues. <laughs> How's it going, man? It's going, dude. As uh, as I was briefly telling you earlier, I just uh, accidentally rediscovered Henry Rollins' radio show. You like this, Listen. right? Listening to the eclectic mix he's got on there. It's just a a lot of, uh, it, does he talk between it, or? It's mostly just, like, you know, underground, older bands, or newer bands, just kind of obscure stuff, or if it's more well-known, it'll be more obscure recording. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he might have some, uh, you know, indie, you know, punk rock band from nowadays, and then play some obscure live Iggy Pop recording, or something like that, you know? That's, that's fucking cool. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm down with that. I've been listening to tons of cassettes during this quarantine. I can only and imagine. Dude, so uh, you been reading anything lately? I was going to ask you just now if you were. Do you ever collect those uh, Henry and Glens? Oh, dude. Uh, I think I have one of them. And uh, it was first brought to my attention by a dude that worked at Vacation Vinyl on Sunset. Okay. And I guess he knows uh, one of one of the guys that made it, who I think... He's like local around there, right? He's like in your neighborhood? Yeah, he's uh, he also does that, that comic book, The uh, the Humans. 
about the Monkey Motorcycle Gang. You heard that? <laughs> no. What's that one about? I think I think that's the same guy. It's pretty much that. It's a Monkey Motorcycle. It's like <laughs> the nice. Fucking rad. It they're looks like, good. I mean, he's a good artist. Like you know, so. But yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, they have a band, too, like a, called the Big Bang. But I, I, I might be conflating multiple people. But I think these are all the same one or two guys. Or they're connected somehow. But anyway, so this guy uh, that worked at Vacation knew him, and he told, uh, <laughs> he told me that uh, he went up to... Uh, Rollins at some convention that he was at and gave him a copy and he like he flipped through it real quick and he's like, Has Glenn seen this? Oh. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, No, he's like, I advise you not to show him. <laughs> yeah. He's gotta know about it by now though, right? I mean Hollywood's a small town at the end of the day, so Oh, dude, well and he he works in the comic book industry, you'd think it would come across him eventually, so Yeah. No one wants to get knocked out though. <laughs> so they don't <laughs> they they're not gonna bring it up to him. I think yeah, Len could probably was... knock out anybody by this point. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which I, I probably shouldn't tell you what I thought about his movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it, man. <laughs> Dude, all, all I'll say is that, uh, like, I've, I've, I, I saw some reviewer say that, like, uh, he must have seen, like, one or two of Rob Zombie's films and been like, I should do that. <laughs> oh! <laughs> but uh, it didn't, didn't, didn't quite turn out uh, quite, quite the same. Or quite as good. I know he was I mean, wanting a bigger on. review or whatever, but I, I haven't really heard anything about it, man. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it's, maybe it's for a specific audience that uh, is not me. Yeah. It, it felt like, you know, but uh, it was, it was, it was a bit lacking in quality. I'm, 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 I'm a few, few areas. Did it feel like it was out of date? Like almost like the material? No, dude, like, you know, I first heard about it because someone, because people were saying like, oh shit, we found the new room. Like, are you familiar with that movie? Uh-uh. Tommy White. Oh, it's like... It's like modern-day Ed Wood, I guess you could say. That sounds cool. You never heard of the room? Well, there's... You're here to school me tonight, man. I've been out of the loop, so... Really, this whole episode is about you filling me in and everybody else. Whether they've heard it or not. But you you, you got a good way of, like, giving shit reviews, so... That was the main thing I wanted well, to get... I, I I will preface by saying I've never watched The Room in its entirety in one sitting, mm -hmm. but I have seen it in various bits and pieces. And, uh, dude, my introduction to this film was, you know I mean? I moved to L.A. like maybe 11 or 12 years ago, mm -hmm. and like I'd see billboards of this dude that looked like he's like underwater, like making this weird face, and it just said The Room. <laughs> like there's this giant billboard on La Brea, like fucking Angeline style, right? And I'm just like, who's this guy that bought this billboard forever for a movie? <laughs> yeah. You know? And like I was curious, but uh, like I asked this uh, producer that I was working with at the time, like if he knew about it, and he just laughed. He's just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like that goes crazy, this and that, you know? Yeah. And then uh, ten years later, um, I was randomly watching Comedy Central. And they were showing that movie. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was a comedy. And it's not, dude. Like, it's not supposed to be a comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just it's just so awkward. Like, all the choices are just so weird. <laughs> you know? Like, that it's just, like, it kind of, like, you know, boggles the mind a little bit, you know? So. Well, that is weird. Hollywood does that shit, though, man. It's the big power converter, man. But, uh... Oh, man, what was I going to say? You saw The Boys? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, we were going to talk about comic books and comic book adaptations. Oh, by the way, I guess you could consider Danzig's movie to be a comic book adaptation. Cause it's it an is. adaptation of anthology comics. Have you read any of his comics? I remember back in, like, 99, 2000, there was, like, a, a really, like, that was kind of when I dropped out of comics. And, you know, I... I only really read stuff that came out from 2000 or back, but 
There's just not so much to that that has come out that I've been interested in. But I, I don't know about it either because I lost kind of interest in reading new comics, you know. So talking to people like you, man, it, it does regenerate it. I, it makes me want to go back out and try new shit or whatever. I mean, comics is a lot like music, you know. Like there's all the mainstream shit that everybody's heard about and most of it sucks. And then yeah. there's this huge wealth of amazing underground shit that you kind of got to dig in a bit to find out about or ask someone that knows about it or whatever, you know? Yep. That's what's cool about the, that Henry Rollins radio show is that, like, he's not even trying to make music anymore, you know, but he just loves, like, finding obscure shit and, you know, playing it for people and stuff, you know? Yeah, he's out there in Venice Beach. I think that's where he's he, at. I, I heard that he used to live across the street from me. Oh, really? Like, uh, yeah, where this, like, angry old lady, like, used to own the house, and she used to, like, leave angry notes in my car, and apparently I used to be the landlord. Hey, can I can I go off field for a minute, man? I wanted you to, sure. to tell the listener, or try to describe, like, what your uh, yard is like, because you have the most fantastical, magical fucking, like, in a fucking dream kind of yard that I've ever been in in my whole life with all this art. I can't describe it, man. I'd rather hear you try to... What do you... How would you describe that? It's always changing, too. I mean, um... I usually describe it as, like, an an ongoing art piece. And it's, it's, you know, let me preface by saying, too, it's not my, you know, ongoing art piece. It's my landlord, uh, who's a pretty well-renowned artist and, like, landscaper and all this stuff named Alberto Hernandez. Okay. But it's him and it's a collective of artists that kind of work on the, you know, the property is kind of this labyrinth art installation of paintings and plants and sculptures and and it's always changing and mutating. Like, they're kind of always working on it from front to back. So if you were to see it one time, it could be completely different a month later. Like, all the colors have changed, the paintings have changed, like, the little installations have changed, you know, it's a trip. It's like a labyrinth back there. It's pretty rad. And uh, sometimes I like to describe it like a, you know, it's like a Japanese garden, like that much like attention to detail and like created like to be specific, give specific vibes and different parts of the past and everything, except Mexican style. Because it's very colorful and there's like all kinds of recycled stuff, you know, like it's it's beautiful, man. It is. It's 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 something to see. It's hard to explain over a podcast show, you know. But it is, man. It is. It's pretty amazing. You're very fortunate. Remember that time when I was all stoned at your house and that skunk showed up, <laughs> and I got scared and I was like, "Oh shit!" A family, a little like a little family of skunks that would be back there, and it was so hilarious because you see the mom go through. And then the biggest of the babies, and then one size smaller, one size smaller, and then they could keep going like it was a cartoon, you know, like just <laughs> That's pretty fucking cool, man. You were friends with those guys, and I was all scared. I, I did. I got startled. I was like, oh shit, because I'm used to these fucking renegade skunks, you know, and not these guys that, oh no, we're uh, friends of the family skunks. So, oh, dude, well, there's enough places for them to hide and live comfortably. They're not agitated at all, you know. I mean, they're, they're, I haven't seen them in a few years, but there used to be, you know, a little family living back there somewhere, you know. L.A. is. Together and stuff. And they're so relaxed and chill, you know. Like I even, That's what I was going to say. <laughs> they're just all chilled out. L.A. is like a uh, boon of, like, chilled out skunks everywhere. Pretty much. Yeah, they're really beautiful too. You know, like it. You know, it's they are. You see them that up close, you know, and they're they're really cute. Like they they're almost like fluffy cats, except for they have that weird little face. You know. Ah. <laughs> oh. They're like much smaller heads than a cat. You know, but they have the same fluff. They got a cool head. They got a cool skull. It's a cool shape. You know. It's cool. I never even thought about what their skull shape must be like, but I imagine it is cool. I, 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 I bet they're like an owl, where like if you take away all their like fluff, they're much smaller. Like the skeleton's probably very small, you know. Yeah. I was looking at an elephant skeleton the other day, and and I was like, the the mouth of it is so. 
close to man's jaw and at the top ridge of the, the mouth and the bottom. I was like, I don't want the show to go a taxidermy, but I just thought that was fucking interesting. <laughs> um, you know, I uh, just I am glad to have you on the show, dude. What are you smoking tonight, by the way? Dude, I uh, smoking a slip, and I just rolled a fresh one so that I wouldn't have to uh, do it during the show. But I was actually, you could probably hear me right at the beginning, finishing wrapping it up. <laughs> are you going to smoke it during the show? There you go. Oh, I bet so. I hope you don't mind. No, I don't mind. I'm about to, too. Well, well I'll wait for you to fire up when you're ready. Well, fucking A, man. If your listeners have some herb ready, they're welcome to join us as well. While I'm loading this, what's what's a book you want to kind of talk about, maybe? Or a cup? To be honest, um, I've basically only been reading like heavy metal back issues. Grant, Morris, Grant Morrison is running heavy metal, is that correct? You know what? He's no longer the editor-in-chief. I just found out uh, Tim Seeley is now. Who is Tim Seeley? Tim Seeley created Hack and Slash. Or Hack Slash, whatever it's called. I don't know that one. Like the, the like, scantily clad goth chick and like the giant dude in the Jason mask. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just and didn't know the name of it. That's cool. The book of his I've read the most was this book he did for Image called Revival, which is a trip. And I never read the end of it, so I don't know how it ends. I, uh, I should probably go finish it. Hmm. You still got that Daredevil 45 with the photo cover? I have a whole box of Daredevils, dude. <laughs> That's a cool story behind that, man. I was probably going to tell these guys if you didn't mind. How, With the photo cover? Because that was the first, uh, very first collectible comic that I I ever really scored. But I scored it off my seventh grade teacher in North Carolina. And basically I saw it in her drawer. And she's probably had it in there since that fucking book came out, dude. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah, right? And like, and it, this was like '86 or whatever, and I had just started uh, really seriously collecting, and that's when John Byrne was on Fantastic Four, and Hulk, and they, the Hulkbusters, and that whole fucking reign of comics. I was into that whole storyline, and. uh Oh. I got into the John Byrne Fantastic Fours because those were all like the dollar comics in the 90s, you know? They'd be in like the dollar bin and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where they ended up, man. He did well, he did so much, dude. But uh, yeah, that Daredevil fit, uh, 45, I think that's what it is. And uh, I asked my teacher and I said, hey, um, can I have that comic? I've been doing pretty good in class, right? She's like, yeah. And I was like, so can I have that comic? And she was like, this thing? And she kind of picked it up and looked all weird, looked at me, you know. You could tell she's probably Southern fundamentalist shit, you know. But uh, she had a light heart about it. And she's like, I guess, yeah, that's fine. And so that became my first collectible. That wasn't my first uh, copy of that, though. That was like my third copy. And then I ended up giving it to Cooley here. I'll get one again, maybe. <laughs> but that's a great comic, man. The prankster. The merry prankster. Dude, did you ever read um, the 90s Frank Miller Daredevil, like, miniseries? Yes. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was The Man Without Fear. Mm-hmm. That was my first Daredevil comic. Was that your very first one? Yeah, because I was, like, uh, you know, I was a little kid, and I was reading X-Men. I think I remember asking the shop owner, like, oh, what, you know, like, what else would you recommend, you know? Like, I was reading that, that 90s Chris Claremont X-Men, you know? Oh, yeah. Then he was like, oh, shit, you've got to check this out. Because, like, that should have just come out, you know? Like, that uh, that Frank Miller miniseries, you know? But it's funny because his eyes lit up, like, he knew exactly what to recommend, you know? Hmm. 
I remember when uh, I, I heard that story about Frank Miller after uh, Dark Knight had come out, and all these guys that had been working on Batman were around the office, and when they uh, when Frank Miller got back, they were like, "Thanks for killing Batman." You ever heard that? <laughs> Dude, everybody forgets that Alan Moore killed the Joker. Yeah. I just had that show too. I don't know if you heard that that episode or not about with the heroes episode I did. Oh, uh, I didn't hear the whole thing. You got to get them up on YouTube so I can uh, get back where I left off. I promise, out there in Radio Land, uh, Chris gave me the idea, and I uh, had kind of thought about it, but I'm working on it right now and seeing how I can uh, get these up there so you can skedaddle all over the episode wherever you want and da 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 because it sounds like fucking anchors got you in gridlock and you have to you listen make, to the whole thing you know so you can make this the first one to post if you want if you're not going to do them in order i mean uh yeah i could yeah it doesn't really matter to order you know and i've already scrapped a few too and for whatever various reasons you know it's just my first run doing this shit but uh People like you make it cool, you know. It's it's Did you awesome. Finish watching the boys? I watched the whole first season. Do you know much about the comic? I know it's a lot different. I know it's, it's uh, a. It's different. I haven't read. Here's the thing, dude. Like, did you watch Preacher at all? I watched the AMC uh, Preacher, like the first like six or seven episodes, but I read the whole like Garth Ennis original run when that had come out back in, uh, again, like 99, 2000 or whatever. I think that's when I haven't when it... been able to bring myself to watch Preacher because, like, the Preacher comic was, like, one of my favorite comics, you know? Yeah. Whereas with Boys, I only read a couple issues here and there. And then, um, so, like, I had a rough idea, but I wasn't, like, super attached to that version of the characters, you know what I mean? So, right. I'm not, like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, like, it's a less jarring transition to the show, you know what I mean? But it does feel very Garth Ennis, you know? I think it, it, it seems intense if they had played it out or, like, kind of gone verbatim around the comic, then I seriously doubt it would have hit. The way that, uh... uh well, I was talking about the boys, dude. Preacher, like... Oh, yeah, sorry. My bad. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like I, like I said, I haven't been able to watch it, so I can't say too much, you know? Right. But, like, I just feel like dude that was cast as JC is just not, like, uh... Okay. Right. Yeah, I got uh, sidetracked. But, yeah, okay, on the Preacher end, that's what I kind of felt. I felt like, uh... They, they did a good casting, but... The Preacher comic has this kind of particular uh, darkness. And I didn't think that the show grab, grabbed it the same way that I felt when I read it. That was the difference. The way that they're they're narrating it was a lot different than how it was gone in, in my mind, you know? You know, originally it was supposed to be a show on HBO, and I bet it would have been a lot darker, at least more open to the dark darkness of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a redemptive darkness. It's not nihilistic, you know, but it's very like, you know, it makes you hate the bad guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when they get their comeuppance, it's very satisfying. Yeah, that's cool. At least Zack Snyder didn't mutilate the preacher. You know? Thank yeah. fuck. Thank fuck. Like that guy is. Oof. He's come up a few. This is like the third time he's come up in in my shit. But uh, he seems to be like a virus. No, I'm just... Um, I don't even know anything about him. Really? Because he just seems like this bully that's been enforced in my life, kind of, because I'm a comic junkie. I need these movies. And uh, even though Marvels are mainly epic, for the most part, you know... Uh, yeah, I gotta say, <laughs> all Marvel and DC, everything. Like, I've been over to comics for a while, and, like, the, even like the Marvel movies, like I loved like a few of them. Like when I first saw the first Avengers movie, like I was blown away. Right. Like, whoa, they made the Avengers movie work. <laughs> but then once the novelty kind of wore off, it's just like, uh, you know, it's kind of the same movie over and over again, it feels like. Uh huh. 
Yep, and uh, the DC movies, dude. The only DC movie I've seen that I liked was Shazam. Did you see that one? Fucking Shazam was awesome, dude. I dude, loved I was, it. I was shocked at how at how much fun I had watching that. That's how I felt about like, Wonder Woman too. I hear Joker's really good, also, but I have not seen it yet. I'm not a f- I'm not a fan of Joker. I actually bashed it on a previous episode, so I just uh, yeah. The only reason I didn't see it because. From the trailers, it literally looks like a mashup of Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. That's what I said on the. <laughs> that's what you just proved it, man. Okay, so if you guys heard that previous episode and just heard Cooley, that's what I. That's what I fucking said. Club and shit, dude. Like that's that's what that movie looks like. They just kept ripping it off too much, man. You know, like they kept. Uh, well, Scorsese was supposed to originally be on it. And then he dropped off, uh, what was he working, he was doing Irishman. He was the fucking Irishman, dude, did you see that? It was great. Oh, so good. It was so good. I, I had, I heard all these people complain, oh, it's dry, it lingers. I'm like, dude, these guys are like 80, 90 years old, and they are just pulling off this fucking, these roles. Like, it's the same cast, too, almost, from fucking, uh, Goodfellas. You know, or like, uh, it's just got that Scorsese feel, and I just liked how he took his time, and I like how he demonstrated the death of Hoffa too. That was cool as fuck. So, like, I remember tripping out on the three-hour runtime at first, but then it's like, dude, think about like Goodfellas, dude. Like, you're not like anxious for that movie to end, or Casino is maybe even a better option, dude. Where it's just, yeah. like you're just hanging with these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, Irishman felt like that. You know, to the nth degree, you know, like. Yeah, man, I felt like fucking, uh, it was so good. For a film, too, you know, like, I felt like I never really knew much about Jimmy Hoffa. I'd just hear him be joked about on The Simpsons and shit, you know, but it's like, now I feel like I have a better idea of who this guy was. I mean, there's a lot of dispute as to how historically accurate the film is, you know, but. Just as far as some of the characters in it that you've heard in the names, but now you've kind of seen them fleshed out a little bit. Yeah, totally. Oh, here's a piece for you, man. Have you heard that AT&T owns DC Comics? Interesting. They own HBO, too. And guess what they they said like a month ago. Probably. And which I talked about that, too. And I was like, Regina King is fucking... I will hail... Regina King forever. <laughs> she that that fucking show is so great. It's so great. Dude, I know Regina King is awesome, but I have not seen the show. <sighs> I can't spoil. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But if you had seen that and the boys, the show would be fucking. Because <laughs> those are the two ones that, as far as comic book adaption, well, you know, it's it is comic book adaption, but I I like the deliberated. Uh, move and uh, independent gesture that the Watchmen guy did because he was like fuck Zack Snyder, again fuck Zack Snyder and fuck his little fucking rendition of Watchmen and he just went straight by the book and if you watch that and you know that book dude and you know all these little pertinent details in Watchmen and that's really who I'm talking to is the people that have read that, you know, like that, just know the book and the way he kept it in the sequel, man, I mean, just fucking just paid attention to all the details where Zack Snyder was like, yeah, I read it while I was like, you know, doing other stuff. <laughs> That's what it felt like when I watched the movie he did. But when I watched the sequel to this shit on Showtime, it was sick. That I do like. Especially the Doctor Manhattan chapter and shit. Dude, plus Billy Crudup and Doctor Manhattan pretty fucking But uh, I have problems with it too, dude. Especially all the action shit, you know, because it's like it's basically making the film what the comic was a parody of, you know, like the fucking superhuman shit, you know. Right. I mean, <laughs> there was some shit too, you know, like fucking comedian uh, trying to rape a. Um, Sally Jupiter or whatever on that on the pool table. There was no pool table in the original. I just felt like that was some fetish for 
He puts in these fetish shots. I mean, like... That's so ridiculous. And Lee Iacocca is not... Lee Iacocca is not in the Watchmen novel. Dude, but... he he gets shot right in the fucking head in the in the movie. Other than the fight scene, like, my big problem with the movie is the ending, which mm-hmm. is obviously very different, you know? Yeah. Because, like, I feel like the movie came out a little too close to 9-11, you know? And it would be, like, maybe, you know, like, giving people ideas and shit. Mm-hmm. I had to change it a little bit. You're not the only one thinking that way, man. No, I mean, and, you know, I know you follow conspiracies, too, and shit, too, and... I didn't know if that was uh, something you wanted to talk about or whatever, not, but I don't I'm not, mind. I'm not, my my philosophy on conspiracies is similar to Robert Anton Wilson's in that, you know, like no conspiracies can really last. You know, like they all have like a shelf life. You know, right. Like people talk. You know what I'm saying? But you also can't deny that there are conspiracies. You know, but I I also feel like the 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 you know. The idea that there's this overarching conspiracy and there's people pulling the strings, there's people in charge, is like a, a romantic idea that might come from some sort of daddy issues. Because I feel like the reality is much closer to chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, like there, there, I, I do feel like there's some sense of divine order that you could just call, you know, mathematics or magnetism or whatever it is, you know, but there's also chaos. Some kind of, like, you know, linear line to it all, right? Well, no, I'm just more that, you know, like, uh, you know the analogy of, you know, you have a little angel on one shoulder <coughs> and the devil on the other shoulder? Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like that's a, a universal concept, you know, and that could be ascribed to order versus chaos as well, you know, because you can paint order as the bad guy, you know, like, like some totalitarian regime or something, you know, or you can paint order as the good guy, you know, like, you know, peace in a peaceful neighborhood and shit, you know, like, you know, where same thing with chaos, you know, it can be some fucking cool punk rock shit, or it can be like, you know, hell, like everything's falling to shit, you know, so. That's, yeah. No, you nailed you it. Need little, you need a little of both, you know, like. Season it up, man. Put some A1 on it. <laughs> uh, you know what though yeah, oh wait I gotta tell you the rest of that AT&T thing let me tell you the rest of that AT&T thing real fast alright let's hear it that okay here's what happened AT&T's like well we're sick of owning DC you know what they said we're, we're already talking to Kevin uh, Feige about selling DC to Marvel Hmm. What'd you think about that? What'd you just think about what I just said? <laughs> well, if you want my actual opinion, I yeah. Really don't care. Well, I mean, dude, like to be honest, dude, like, I, yeah, fucked a long time. <laughs> Let's just be honest, man. It's just, but <laughs> yeah, you know what? I appreciate the fucking raw honesty and just the transformation from. Uh, Bruce Banner just now into the Hulk. That was pretty cool. Dude, well, you know, uh, the the thing is, there's fucking great comics, fucking great movies. Yeah. You know, and like, uh, you know, uh, my friend Colin told me once, like, you know, vote with your dollar. You know, like, which I, you know, stuck in my head. You know, like, you know, if I'm gonna buy a comic, I'd much rather buy something from Image or Avatar. Yeah. Than uh, Marvel or DC. You know, if I'm gonna go see a movie. I'd much rather go see a movie that's written to be a movie rather than an adaptation of something else, you know? There's so much propaganda in it, you know? I just... Well, (sighs) the more money involved, the more interest involved, you know? I don't like them taking the heart out of the characters. That's what's cool about, um, you know, YouTube and podcasts and all this is that, you know, you don't have to answer to anybody. That's fucking you true. You make a fucking podcast about, you know, comic book adaptations and, that you know, like, <laughs> you know, they <laughs> have, have this niche audience, you know, as opposed to trying to please enough people to be on the radio or something, you know? Right. 
No, I just draw. I feel the same way. I, I felt that way about comics for so long now, and I think right before I did drop out, I was all about it, man. And then I think like right after it was like right after nine eleven, and pretty much right after that, dude, I was like, nah. I really fell into more of just wanting to uh, do personal, uh, my own personal comics, because I always felt like I didn't really see anything out there. And then forms of underground that were coming out that would make it, you know, and get into Diamond or whatever was like Oni or, uh, (laughs) you know, shit like that. Because that's like my journey with music, too, where it's just like, you know, I'm like kind of searching, searching for more and more music until you know, eventually I start making it myself. Yeah. So eventually I get to the point where I can make music that I want to hear easier than I can search it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel that way, especially now, man. I just feel like everything's so dolled out. You know, this age of uh, any uh, music with intention or art or comics with intention that would like actually move me is what I mean with intention, you know, shit that moved my ass. Like, you know, I just, I ha- I don't really see it right now. I'm hoping that it's just, uh, you know, the, the end of this old era and, you know, DC amalgamating with Marvel is kind of like the ultimate McDonald's comics you know <laughs> basically it's like the mcdonald's of comics by this yeah, point I think that happened when disney bought marvel it kind of did yeah i mean i already knew that that was trouble on her horizon especially when you know all the conspiracies that fucking follow disney and shit you know so and then you know a lot of these things i've seen them knowing those kinds of conspiracies before they bought marvel and before iron man and the whole dynasty they just released and then being able to see that in there, you know, and uh, kind of antagonistic uh, relevancy <laughs> to fucking Dude, previous. I want to. You remember how in grade school you learned about monopolies, mm-hmm. and it was like they broke up Bell and stuff because they got too big and too powerful. Yeah. What happened to that shit, dude? <laughs> Like, why isn't that shit happening with fucking Amazon and fucking Disney and fucking, you know? Well, I mean, you know, America's... It looks like America's dick just got broke over the last month altogether with all these clowns fucking pulling all the shit that they've been doing. I think it's very possible that nation states have only been, you know, a show for a while. (laughs) And, you know, the companies, the corporations have been the ones actually running the show for a minute. Now they're trying to show you, it's like, oh, you know, like, who are you going to turn to but Amazon and Netflix now? You know, like, right. that you're going to get your Disney Plus subscription now that you can't leave the house, you know? <laughs> well, you know, especially of a some kind of electric, ma- electric magnetic pulse fucking, you know, kind of deal, like, knocked everything off the fucking grid, you know, then you wouldn't have anything then. That's the day my fucking, uh, you know, years of record and comic collecting finally pays off. You know what, man? It could be uh, coming up, man. It's just the way it looks, you know? These guys are running around like Keystone Coppers all... You know, it's just like... They're fucking clowns. I I don't even know what's going on. You know? I I just... People are fucking stressed. (laughs) There was a minute when the lockdown first happened that, like, Seem like everyone's going on Netflix at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like all my fucking internet shit just slowed down. I'm just like, fuck it. Yep. Putting on sleeps and reading comics. Oh, I don't know, man. Oof. I have listened to too much punk rock. I've listened to too much Art Bell. I've listened to, uh, <laughs> you know, too many things just concluding that we're fucking. Not in our own best interest, man, as a, co- a collective, you know? <laughs> it's just like, it's yeah, too bad that it's that like that, but it fucking is, and I don't know what to do about it. I mean, you know. I feel like a few things prepared me for life better than the Twilight Zone. <laughs> the fucking Mandela effect reminds me of the Twilight Zone, dude. Just that alone. 
out of all this shit, too, that's going on, you know, like, and there's all this relevant, you know, obvious shit that's in your face, whether it's real or not, or a big brother tactic, I don't fucking know. It seems like it, you know, it, it reeks of Orwellian shit, just some classic ass shit, you know? I don't know. I don't know what to think yeah, about it. I feel like there's a, lot of, there's a lot of possibilities. There's a lot of possibilities. That's why it's just like, pfft, I'm going to smoke more weed than ever. Uh, I'm going to make more podcasts and talk to people who are like here and like tangible like you <laughs> and check my my mental health on it. <laughs> That's the thing too, dude. Like whether it's a big global conspiracy or it's just a freaking chaotic virus that pops up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Not a lot you can fucking do about it. <laughs> no. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and, and then you and I are spiritual guys, so, you know, there's that. And really, you know, in the spirit, all you can do is just sit back and fucking watch. You know? Dude, uh, I remember hearing a story about Aleister Crowley uh, during World War One. I. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but he'd, like, fucking climb up on the roof while it was being bombed and shit. Fucking laugh, watch this. Oh, really? <laughs> I've never heard that one, dude, actually. That's one for the books. <laughs> but um, I, I love a good Irish fact. Whoever tells the best story. Yeah, that's true. A good story goes a long fucking way. People want to hear some good shit too. Yeah. Dude, well, and that's kind of that's kind of the basis of my interest in conspiracy theories too. Like, it's not necessarily that oh, I believe this is that conspiracy theory. It's more of like a mental exercise to like, hmm, mm-hmm. like do this being a thing, you know. Like, <laughs> Which one, uh, not that you would subscribe to it, but which one interests you the most right now that maybe that you've heard, you know? Um, there's none. There's none. You're just like, ah, Like, uh, I'll tell you my, probably my fa- favorite conspiracy theory is okay. one that uh, Colin and I made up. It's like, this, this is like what changed my concept of conspiracy theory. Where it's like, oh, you don't need to believe it's true. It's just an interesting story. You know what I'm saying? Like, but uh, we were like on the roof of my old uh, Neptune Films office building, and there was a pigeon over there. <laughs> and like, because uh, like he would always be the big conspiracy theorist friend of mine, you know? And like, I brought up, like, oh, well, what if, you know, what if all these pigeons are actually robots, dude? There's cameras and all that <laughs> shit, dude. They're just spying on us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! You know what that reminds me of? Uh, Invisibles. Remember the uh, first uh, issue of that? I think it was the first issue when the kid like first he blows up the the school or whatever with the Molotov and. Um, dude, we need. We'll, we'll get back to the Invisibles. Oh, okay. Okay. Many things. But, uh, okay. dude, I remember finding on the internet, the glory of the internet, uh, not that long ago, that apparently there's a whole movement that, about birds being fake, and the birds have been extinct for years, and then all the birds... Oh, yeah? They're birds. saying all of them are fucking bullshit? <laughs> Come on. I think I sent it to my friend, that was just like, oh, shit, dude, they were listening to Sun Magazine. They, yep. <laughs> they got guys everywhere. Another another fun part of the conspiracy theorist game, dude, is, you know, being aware of such a thing as spoon feeder agents, you know, which are, like, people out there to put even more crazy conspiracies out there to make the real conspiracy theories, look, you know, like, less palpable, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, who knows? All, all I can do at this point is, you know, write music and try and get it out to the people that he would appreciate it. You uh, you do a pretty good job of distribution, yeah? I'm working on it. Um, I, I, I'm, yeah, I've been, I have a great distribution company. I've been working at Cobra Side, uh, who I um, 
you kind of through the grapevine helped hook me up with, but uh, the, the the main dude there is super awesome. Has been helping us out. The digital team seems to have been a little slow, and or I'd plug our Spotify iTunes shit right now, but apparently it's not up yet. But I was going to mention, um, while I'm thinking about it, I'll plug my YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash hyperfirerecords. Okay. I've been putting up a lot of videos recently, which features the garden here that you and I were discussing earlier. So if someone were to hear this and be curious as to the garden we're discussing, I put a lot of footage of it up on the YouTube page. All right. That's cool, man. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, man. This fucking uh, platinum. Uh, what am I smoking? <laughs> this Huckleberry platinum. Platinum huckleberry cookies. Oh, my God. This shit's a fucking mind blower, man. I've been getting some pretty good dope to smoke, Chris. Are you still up in Oregon? Yeah. And Oregon's got it's definitely the 420 episode, so I was like, well, man, it's got to be all, like, I'm getting, like, three fucking different cans of fucking shit today. So I got that uh, white Hawaiian Sweeties, which is this fucking... That's my sound effect for it. And then, uh... Dude, a strange name needs to be around for, like, half a decade before I'm going to remember it at this point. Well, there's so many. Exactly. I only know it when I have it in my hand, too, and that's the only reason I know these right now, because I couldn't tell you what I smoked two weeks ago. Forget it. I have no idea. Well, I will say, though, too, when you go into a shop that has, like, a billion fucking choices, and there's some shit you know you like, it's like, oh, uh-huh. train wreck, jack rare. that's fine. Blue dream. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I'm a blue dream dude. <laughs> oh man. Blue dream, Girl Scout cookies, train wreck, AK forty seven. And I won't see other mentions. Just Jack Herrera. Those are those are easily probably my top five that I can think of. Yeah, Jack Herrera's fucking classic motherfucker, huh? Dude, when you get some really well grown Jack, it's pretty tough to top, dude. You just don't, it, it's, but I've had the kind that's been like over nutriented, you know, they overfed it or whatever. Yeah, well, and that's part of why, like, you can't just go by the strain because each batch is different, you know, like, yeah, you could get some Girl Scout cookies one week that blows your fucking mind, and then the next batch, you know, whatever it is, too much of this, too little of that, you know, like, and it didn't, didn't quite turn out as potent. Smoking weed's saving my life right now. It's like fucking, this is why you can't follow superhero books, dude, because the fucking artists and writers change so frequently that, you know, you think you're a fan of fucking Daredevil, but no, you're a fan of fucking, you know. Just these classic books that came out already, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's just just that particular writer and artist run that you like, you know, but there's a bunch of different writers and artists to see that character totally differently, you know, and there's probably other people that identify with that version more, you know, but that's part of why, like, fuck that shit, dude. Uh, you know what, my favorite, someone's like, what's your favorite comic book? What, do you have a f- one single one-shot comic that is your favorite? Like, what's your favorite one-shot? Yes, I totally do, and someone asked me this recently, and uh, I explained to them, and they had never heard of it. So, yeah, you might actually have heard of it. Uh, if you, are you familiar with Dawn? Yeah, I remember Dawn. Like, Cry for Dawn? Yeah, dude. Uh, Lindner? Mm-hmm. Dude, there's a... Uh, so, like, Dawn herself is her own story, but the comics start out as, like, anthologies, right? Right. And so I think Cry for Dawn and Crypt of Dawn were the two anthology books. And I believe... It's a Crypt of Dawn comic, like number five or number six. I think it's number five. And, uh, oh, what's it called? I can't even remember the name. It'll, it'll come to me in a minute. But uh, it, it's got uh, her on the cover holding a can of Coke that says The Norm on it. And, dude, it's like one issue, single story, and it's like my favorite shit ever. It's so fucking good. What is 
What's the synopsis on the overall story about Dawn? What's her story? I just want to hear someone say it in a nutshell. She is like the goddess of death and rebirth. And she's uh, married to death. Okay. And uh, she just like appears to guide you through intense shit or something. Like I haven't read her comics in a while, but... Okay, Crypt of Dawn, number four. Uh, Culture is the name of it. Dude, and it's so fucking awesome. Like, I swear to God, if someone else doesn't do it sooner, I might turn this shit into a movie one day. (laughs) But uh, it's basically about this fucking, uh, this, like, rock star dude that uh, is, like, you know, drunk and high and gets pulled over, and they fucking take him to jail, so he's super fucking wasted. Mm -hmm. He's like, famous fucking singer dude and like the like cop that is uh you know like the night watchman dude just like you know having to fucking watch his watchman shit like start talking to him he's just like dude you're so fucking famous and successful why are you such a fucking waste away and so dude starts telling the story about like you know this girl that he fell in love with when he was younger who's like this you know kind of wild girl and like opened him up to like all this shit, like music and sex and drugs and all this shit, you know, but then kind of like toy with his heart, you know, would like leave him and all this shit. And then like eventually, you know, she shacks up with this like old rich dude and like ends up murdering herself and her husband. And he like, you know, was like trying to get back with her and ended up being the one stump that stumbled upon it and shit. You know? And like, dude, like <laughs> the fucking cop is just like, listening to this guy tell his, like, life story and this, like, horrific ending, you know, that, like, got them to the present. He's just, like, aghast. He's just, like, holy shit, you know? Like, what the fuck are you going to do now? Like, cause he's, like, chased this girl, like, his whole life, and he just, like, found her dead and shit. And, like, he's, like... And, like, he smiles as he sees this fucking lawyer come down the hallway to fucking bail him out. He's, like, are you kidding? I'm going to go write the best fucking album of my career. <laughs> <laughs> fucking rock and roll. Damn, that's intense, right? <laughs> Thanks for sharing that with me because I didn't really, you know. I remember like uh, the Winsner books were coming out uh, at Highlander and uh, when I worked in Colorado, you know, and in Denver. But all these guys would always come in and buy the... Uh, Cry for Dawn bus, like the little statuettes and the statues. Yeah, I never really understood the fucking little statues and shit. Like, and the guys who read the most Dawn, they all wanted that, you know. Never got it. Yeah, that's worshiping idols and shit, dude. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, but Lindsay's art is fucking dope. That's part of what got me comics because I remember seeing the covers for years before I actually got to read the comics. Just like heavy metal and shit, you know, like I fucking I knew the art for a long time before I actually picked one up and read it, you know. Oh man. I um my favorite one, uh my favorite vintage is DC Special number six presents. DC special presents first no DC first issue special presents issue number six. There you go. Dingbats of Danger Street. You know that about oh, me, though, right? Yeah, I bought that on your recommendation. <sighs> That's my favorite Jack Kirby book, and it's like the most underdog. That's the one I want to do. You know, you want to do the uh, Take on the Dawn. I'm, I'm like, I want to do that fucking Dingbats of Danger Street, but I want to do it where, you know, because when they, uh, in the comic book, um, it's a one-shot deal, but he actually wrote multiple issues to Dingbats of Danger Street, but they just never came out. And, uh, um, but the one, they put out the one, and the, uh, <laughs> basically when they meet them, they're kids, you know? But the, uh, I wanted to do the one where now they're 21, they're gutter punks, they're squatting in the same theater that, that, that they were right in front of. But you know where it takes place is in a suicide slum. Dude, didn't you finish the vast majority of the book? Like you had, like, or at least <laughs> for the first issue. 
it's so complex I got up to issue uh, or I got up to page 18 and it's this part where the dingbats at Danger Street are infected with this Omega sickness <laughs> and they're like are becoming like something stronger than Darkseid and you know Batman and Superman know this shit but as they don't realize how bad it is until they shred the Marvel family. I mean, they fucking shred the Marvel family, and they take like Black Adam and like rip him in half, and then uh, they rip, they throw his torso at the train or whatever. But they're just gutter punks. I like that whole thing where, uh, you know, but there's so much in it, and I felt like if I did submit it to DC, if they did happen to look at it or whatever. They could technically mind pick the fuck out of it and then take the concept and be like, oh, who, Adam, who? You know, and that's the part I was like, because I have such an underground comic style. It just, it could work. It just needs to write marketing in something like DC or Marvel, but you'd have to be, it'd have to be like this kind of specialty thing because it doesn't, you know, I don't draw that hero style. I draw like in a font that this guy called Squishy Demonics one time <laughs> he's like you draw like the squishy demonic shit <laughs> he was on a lot of acid no i was good <laughs> i can i can see that i can see it it's being squishy and demonic <laughs> i do want to finish the dingbats uh comic you know but dude what you need to finish is the dio comic yeah i didn't know if you wanted to talk about that and i didn't want to blow it on here I wasn't. I wasn't well, sure. We, we, we shouldn't say too much, dude. Maybe, maybe when it's a work in progress, we can re revisit it. Yeah, because you know people are going to be rewinding this little part now. What did he say? What did he say? No. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know. He said, uh, "Ditto comic." No. <laughs> it's the ditto comic, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, we should do that, dude. We should do it. It's a fucking hot one, man. Damn, can you believe it's been almost a fucking hour, like, on this thing already? Dude, well, we'll have to do a part two. I think we should do another one, man, because it's, it's fucking cool to talk to you, dude. I like how you... Do you have, like, you have a time limit on this thing? Yep. It gives me this uh, little thing on my end. I can hear it. It's going off right now. It's going... Like... Your fucking show's about to fucking end. Hurry the fuck up. Well, how about, um, why don't you call me back, we'll do a part two, and then you can just post it a week, you know, later or whatever. Yeah, you want to do that? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man, you guys heard it here. Uh, Rock City. I'm going to put a bumper on this thing and get it ready for tomorrow. So give me about 15 minutes. Go ahead and take your time, smoke up. I'm going to have a fucking cigarette. This has been a great fucking show. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for joining. And uh, I hope you guys had a good time with our stoner asses. <laughs> yeah, man, and all kinds of shit that comes in between all of the other life and realities that come with this shit. We're not going to lie. Fuck it. I mean, we're not going to lie to ourselves about this. Anything, really. Dude, we really need to talk about fucking corona shit, dude. Well, God damn, I know. I like, yeah, I feel like we've done a lot of like, oh, we'll bring something up, touch on it a little bit, and then drift off to the <laughs> There's so much to cover, you know? <laughs> like, someone's probably listening and being like, wait, I thought they were going to talk about the dance. Oh, yeah, <laughs> or Dingbats of Danger Street. No, it's kind <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What is he talking about? Maybe that's kind of the beauty of the show, though, is just being stoned. Because that's how you talk in real life, you know, is just you're stoned and you talk, like, for, like, a few minutes about one thing and then it kind of goes into another. And So I like that whole thing, covering what's on our mind. But you, you generally don't listen back to those random conversations you have with other people. Because if you did, you'd probably be like, uh, it'd be nice if you finish your train of thought. <laughs> well, we promised to try to do a better job in part two that's what we'll fucking do and uh all right dude i'm gonna wrap it for now 
I'm going to put a bumper on this fucker. Give me a few minutes. Let me smoke a cigarette, man. I'll get back. And, uh, we'll go ahead and All do right. another one. All right. Part two coming soon. Coming soon. All right. All right, man. Chris fucking Cooley. <laughs> oh, shit. This is what's happening to us right now. We're transforming. <laughs> oh, fuck. Nice to have fucking Cooley on here tonight. I think uh, the second one will be good, too. We're going to go ahead and uh, wrap this up here. Thank you for joining me on uh, <laughs> Adam Air MD GED. As we transform into underground cartoon therapy.